just because we've now got this frictionless experience that brands deliver to their customers doesn't mean in those experiences you can't deliver moments that actually really deliver a brand experience that's above and beyond everyone else. A brand or a piece of communication can actually make you feel different or it can surprise and delight you or it can actually help you do something in your life and I think they're the special moments versus just making it so easy that it becomes vanilla. Welcome to episode 157 of Be The Drop, a weekly interview podcast sharing stories from people who inspire and motivate others to help you learn how to tell your story. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. On a daily basis, we are bombarded by social messages, advertising and news. It can become overwhelming. This overwhelm makes it hard for communicators to cut through with their brand story. With so many great brands in existence, how do we find our unique story that connects us with our audience? Jody Metaxiotis is a founding partner of The Garden Agency, a place to grow brands and develop communications. From a corporate background to a personal business venture, Jody has worked for a variety of businesses to inspire and craft their stories. In today's episode of Be The Drop, we cut through the noise and discuss brand story development, looking at the process and inspiration required. Jodie shares her years of wisdom to help you communicate a consistent story to your customers. This is Jodie's version of Be The Drop. When I find something useful for my business, I like to share the love. For royalty-free music on podcasts and videos, we love Soundstripe. It's got lots of great tunes, but none of the boring elevator music. As a Soundstripe partner, we're excited to offer you a 10% discount code. There's a discount link in the show notes or enter the code BETHEDROP at checkout. Jodie, thank you so much for joining me for the next episode of Be The Drop. Thank you for having me here, Amelia. Very exciting. To get us started today, you've got your item of significance, which you're going to explain something a bit about yourself and how that connects with your community. But your item is slightly too big, so you've got a picture for us, but how about you explain that item? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? Or is it a coffee table? Um, So why is this significant to me? The coffee table is actually made out of a piece of cancerous timber. So I grew up in Papua New Guinea and my parents had a logging company. Just before my father passed away, he actually gave me this raw piece of timber, which was actually a piece that they couldn't use or sell. And it was a big, large piece of cancer on what was called quila, which is kind of a a timber that's grown in the South Pacific region. So it has lots of sentimental reasons because of that. And my father passed away about 15 years ago now. So, and it was just before that happened. So very emotional connection to me. I think the really important thing though is when he gave it to me, he said, this is really valuable. It's really rare and it's really distinctive. Turned it into something beautiful. And so I took it and actually turned it into a coffee table. So it's something that's then traveled with me through all my homes and it kind of sits 
in in the lounge room and I kind of think about my father and I think the important lesson in it was that for him it was about you know and for me it's about just embracing who you are and actually bringing out those unique character and qualities in who you are and don't be embarrassed about them or don't try and hide them away and I think that took me a long time growing up to really realize and embrace who I was and growing up in New Guinea being the white freckly kid I was constantly trying to fit in and actually what he was always encouraging me to do was to stand out and be who I was so I think there was two lessons in that and really being being able to embrace who I was lumps bumps red hair blonde hair you know white pale skin whatever that may be but also to realize the potential and find the kind of rare and distinctive in everything and actually be able to kind of look at it with a new perspective and find that kind of little joy in something that other people might discard Mm. oh I love that what a beautiful item and I'll make sure that we share the photo so people can look at your gorgeous coffee table yeah thank you so I, I really like that because what you come at is understanding and appreciating the unique and really embracing that and I feel that you know, through your work that is actually, you know, now playing out in what you deliver with clients. Do you think that's sort of... Yeah, it was interesting because I'd never thought about it until you sent that question through, thinking about all the things that I would choose and that was the thing that just first came into my mind. And then as I thought about it and thought about the lessons I'd learned through it, I went, isn't that interesting because actually the agency I founded is called The Garden. We're all about kind of um, helping people grow and help businesses and brands grow. But effectively, you know, part of our process is actually digging for the rare and distinctive in every story and every company or organisation's you know story and the way they kind of present themselves to the world so it's really interesting that that's come through <laughs> from that origin mm, and it is because you can t- talk about you know your unique selling point so whatever it is that you happen to call it but it really is for businesses understanding what is it that makes them unique and different and how can they offer that to their to their community and clients yeah and it's about finding what your unique flavor is and I think that's a really simple way for people to understand it like what's unique about your flavor that you deliver to the world and that might be your personality it's the you know the set of attributes it's your value proposition it's all those things that add up that make you distinctive and I think you know there's a challenge at the moment where everyone's particularly kind of in marketing where everyone's really head down in trying to figure out all this marketing automation all these new processes to make us more efficient to you know really understand how effective we're being as marketers Um, and a lot of people have got lost in that I think and they've a lot of brands are becoming quite generic and quite vanilla because as they really really focus on making everything about the customer they're actually losing their voice in the process and actually and a brand needs to exist between what makes you unique and what value you give to the customer but if everyone gives the customer everything they want then there's no differentiation so how do they connect with you Mm. oh I like that that's a very good summary and another thing you really focus on is part of creating brand experiences that inspire action and this is something that I'm really passionate about so what is it that you think what are those elements what are the requirements how does a brand go about you know inspiring action yeah I think that's really important I mean again and the garden agency is a place to grow brands and all growth depends on activity and brands have a responsibility to help people make progress in their lives so really importantly thinking about 
your customers as actually users of your brand, not customers. And I think if you think about them as users, you actually think about how you can um, help them along their journey and actually help make their lives better because that's what will keep them coming back. If you can help them be awesome, they're going to have a natural affinity for your brand and want to continue to use your brand and continue to promote your brand. And actually that's where a lot of your growth can come from because people don't listen to brands. People listen to friends and family. And where they get most of their uh, referrals from is where they then follow brands. So really, actually, a big role of brands is actually helping to find those conversations that they can play naturally in in people's lives. Mm. And I, I love, you know, the garden and this concept around growth fueled by action. You know, where where was your thinking when you were sort of starting this company, when you founded it? What, what was your motivation behind that? Yeah, it was really interesting because we're quite visual as a team. And when we started with um, Darren, my co-founder, we had visuals of what we felt we wanted the garden to be. This was over 10 years ago now. But we'd come from agents, big agencies where it was a very staging gate process. There was almost like a bit of a secrecy to it. And we really believed that actually we wanted to help bring the clients along the journey and actually make them the custodians of their brands. And the only way to do that was actually to help them find that spark and that idea in their organisation. Most answers to the branding questions we ask already exist in the organisation. They have the answers. They just haven't learned how to translate it or to use the right language to actually communicate the idea. Or they've got lost in their brilliance and their expertise so they've kind of actually forgotten what makes it special so back to where we started one of the visuals we had was this visual of a forest and that kind of forest represented the kind of noisy world we live in now and kind of all the communications and everything that's being throwing at you every day but in that forest there was a clearing and there was this beautiful kind of glowing flower and that represented the idea and we felt that that idea was owned by our clients so how did we help them find that idea and give them that confidence and then from that visual we then started exploring names and the garden naturally fell out of that and it obviously is kind of a really simple metaphor for growth oh wow I love the layers of that story that is good and it is so true that so often we get caught in the forest and the forest can be of different you know nature whatever it is yes you're getting caught up in and as you said, getting caught up in your own business and, you know, your own heads to find, to have a space around the idea is such an important thing, but often really challenging to do. Yeah. And I think the, the important thing is giving people the confidence to be creative. And we found there was this big reveal moment. Now, a lot of people don't know how to respond to that. And the only way they respond is whether they like it or they don't like it. And that's actually not very valuable. And it doesn't make them feel really good. And also what happens is the loudest voice in the room speaks and then you get that kind of group bias and that group think. So for us, it was very much about creating a process where they were very much involved in the process. And what it was is we go away for weeks and come back with the final presentation. As soon as we start um, working with a, with a client, we create what we call sparks, which are really, we capture every single idea we've had. So if I've had an interview with Amelia and something she said just sparked an idea or an epiphany, we capture it with a visual and a piece of language and put it into our digital tool, which is called Spark Garden. The actual, just the um, process of visualising the idea means it imprints in your memory and then the ability to, for then it being digital is means 
actually the organisation can get involved in that process right in the first week. So they can actually start contributing these little sparks or ideas that they may have had, which they might not have been kind of had confident enough to share. They might be someone that has never been asked before about, you know, where the organisation's going, or they just get sparked by something you've said. And and they, they start to remember the things that are magical in their organisation, the things that are special. So we find that's a really great way to start to tease out those things that just exist in the organisation. It's usually in the history or the DNA of the organisation or why they even started in the first place. You know, there's there's things that are kind of unique and special about every organisation, but because someone lives and breathes it every day, they forget. So that kind of found, found for us was a really great way to get people involved and it was a really safe place. And that was, again, really important for us is that the branding process should be as safe as the kind of output in terms of, you know, creating something that they feel proud of and they can own because ultimately they have to be the custodians of the brand and particularly now where marketers need to be responding in real time. They can't wait for an agency for three weeks to come back with a solution. So once we set up that blueprint, they've really got to then own it and really be able to make decisions in, in really relatively quickly time, like 24 hours most time you're seeing now marketers having to respond to activities or events that are happening in their organisation or outside their organisation that they want to be lead, take leadership position in. So they need to understand that blueprint and understand why their brand exists and where the levers are that they can pull up and down to be able to really, really effectively do that. And you can see what's happening in a lot of the startups is they're able to do that really efficiently. Even if it's they do feel like they want to change, there's like, yeah, but, you know, we've tried that before and it never changes. So there's kind of that apathy that exists in an organisation. So actually change actually starts in the process because quite often you've got to get the people on the journey before you actually can go outside the organisation and communicate. Mm, 100% because those people within the organisation are going to live and breathe what goes out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as we can see, you know, now with social media and the way that we connect with multiple different devices, quite often the employees are the biggest advocates or can really kind of have those conversations in real time with external customers. So, you know, you've heard so many great examples where someone who is kind of responding on social media has saved or killed a brand and you hear that all the time. Yeah, but they're able to respond in the voice of the brand and I think that's really important. So, you know, organisations getting clear first is the first stage. Mm. And I like you've you've mentioned it a few times that you're very visual in this process. Yeah. What what is that an element and and why is that so important do you think? Um, I think it has to be both verbal and visual. I don't think it can be one or the other. I think what visuals help is bring to life ideas for people and quite often when there's words on a page people don't necessarily respond to those and they can't really see what that solution is. So for us we very much work on the strategy with the conceptualization and the creative process together because actually visualizing or bringing to life the idea in something that feels tangible makes it easier for people to actually understand what it is. I mean, you hear that a lot of times when people go, oh, well, just ask the customers what they think. Quite often the customers or the audience or the users actually can't think about what that would look like. So actually helping them see what it looks like actually helps translate it and make it tangible. But in in saying that, you know, voice and verbal identity is becoming hugely important now as we kind of move into this era of um, voice activated and chatbots and all these things that are happening now, we're actually not seeing any visuals. So actually being able to kind of create a personality around the brand or a brand character is now even becoming more important. That doesn't mean you can't visualise that in terms of how you might express that personality or that character so people can connect with it 
Mm, so it's a real synergy between language and visuals then. Yes. Yeah. And I think because people interpret language differently in different ways and depending on and visuals help cut through some of the biases that might exist between different cultures and different languages or you know just different biases you might have had as growing up. Mm. And I've asked you to prepare a bit of a story as well, uh, something, you know, about a moment along your journey that you've really learnt something from, an influential point, and what, what those lessons were. The thing that kind of came to mind that I felt like had the biggest impact on my life or kind of had the most significant learnings was I just turned 40, I had a young baby, I had a new business, um, I probably didn't have much sleep. Um, and I woke up one morning and I kind of felt numb and I felt like I'd lost all my purpose in the world and I didn't really know what to do. I didn't know whether it was work. I didn't know whether it was home. And it was really odd because I felt like I was at a point where I had everything to live for. Um, you know, I had this new business that was flourishing. We had great clients. You know, it was really exciting. I had a, you know, a young son that I loved dearly and, you know, felt really privileged and special to have in my life. And yet, I felt numb like I couldn't move. And so the first thing I did was start to go, well, maybe it is the industry I'm in. Maybe I've just been in this industry too long and I really need to get out and make a move. That felt like quite a irrational step to take, especially with a young family and a young business. So I really actually broke it down and said, well, what, what do I love and hate about my day? You know, if I could really just make a small change, maybe that will get me out of whatever this funk you know, it is that I'm in. So I kind of started this list about what I loved, you know, the moments I loved in my day, the things that I hated in my day, and maybe the things that I really loved that weren't in my day, you know, that maybe I was missing out on. Someone said, oh, why don't you start listening to podcasts? And this was at the renaissance of podcasts. So it was kind of a, what's a podcast? Uh, so I really wanted to share that with you because you being the podcast queen. <laughs> um, and I started listening to I think TEDx to start off with, that was kind of the first podcast that I listened to. Um, and I, it was almost like my world just opened up. And it was because all of a sudden I realized that we're in such a fortunate time where we can get access to whomever and whatever information we want and actually really inspired this curiosity in me that I'd lost. And that was the spark that I felt that just totally changed my life. Now, I still did wasn't getting sleep and I still had the hustle of the business, but I, it almost like because of that, my world had closed down and that's where I'd lost my, my spark and opening up that curiosity and be able to kind of learn from all these amazing people around the world and actually knowing that I had this window into the world, even though with a young baby and a new business, I was quite confined location-wise, was just a real shift in my thinking and really kind of changed my world. Oh, that's a brilliant story. Thank <laughs> you. How great's that? And, you know, I feel like so many people can relate to that experience. But I loved that, you know, it was podcasts that opened it up for you. That's yeah. cool too. Yeah. And it was, um, I mean, there was, you know, there was a few other things, I think, in that kind of journey and process. But really, that's the one that really stuck out in my mind that really kind of made a difference. And that was an hour that changed my life every day. Mm. You know, one thing that really made a difference. And I think, Ma, I read something the other day, Marcus Buckingham, he's brought out a new book called 
nine lies about work or something like that and he talks about it um, in terms of work context he calls about follow the red threads so follow the things that you're really passionate and love in your life so for me now what I do is actually at the beginning of the week I look at my diary and I make sure all the things that I love are in my diary first so the things that I really want to achieve that I really feel really passionate about which play to my strengths I put them in the diary first or I create routines around things so I know at this certain time every day you know, I'm going to be out of the office because I need to go and um, drop my son at school on a Thursday. Like that's really important to me. So putting those things in your diary and really blocking out the time for those um, really can change the way you approach your day and the way you approach life. Mm. Oh, good. So such good advice. When we were talking around how the action and how you know how do business brand experiences can can drive action, what are the common mistakes or things that you see that businesses are doing wrong in this space? I think the biggest mistake I see and hence why I wear this t-shirt this is my new t-shirt thanks to a podcast by Amanda, Dr. Amantha Imba where she interviewed Tim Kendall who was the ex-president of Pinterest and he talked about how you use clothing as communication and I really went oh I wonder what my t-shirt would be so my t-shirt says blah 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 for anyone that can't see which is no one listening to this and and why that was really important was actually to, to think about when we're creating brands and refreshing brands not to be blah, 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 but also to cut through the blah, blah, blah that exists in every industry. And this is a bit, one of the biggest mistakes we see. Firstly is that people like to talk about themselves. Now, in reality, people don't care about your brand. They care about how you make them feel, how you make them make progress in your lives. So actually that's a really important step is to actually not be blah, blah, blah. You need to really think about well, how does my brand help the customers do the things that make them awesome? Instead of trying to be the hero of the story, actually, how do you? How does the brand become the guide and let the audience be the hero of the story? So that's really important. Another kind of context of this blah, blah, blah is, again, back to what I earlier said, is people get caught up in their own in industry jargon and they really they spend so much time in it that they they actually forget that no one else actually understands what the hell they're talking about and we do it as well like we're constantly catching ourselves doing it so I think it's really important to be intentional about it and I think marketers and people in branding are actually the worst at it because we're always coming up with new things to say something in a different way that sounds catchy and a bit sticky when actually when you're trying to communicate and cut through so much noise that out there you need to be really simple and you need to really use really simple simple and easy to understand language and quite often your audience isn't another bank or it isn't another agency or it isn't another company that makes xyz they're real everyday australians so you really need to talk in their language mm. oh great oh and that's good and i love the story around the blah 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 <laughs> it's a cool feature i wanted to find out where to get one so i did also ask you to share like your top two to three communication tips that are really helpful in building and, and telling stories or, or brand experiences? Definitely one was not to be blah, 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 not to be bland. Clients who are mostly marketeers to get their confidence back. And I feel like a lot of them have lost their confidence or lost the time because they're so caught up in marketing automation and so caught up in the numbers that they've actually lost their instinct and their ability to be creative. And I think that's, again, quite often creativity takes time and energy and space and probably they don't have that um, but actually just because we've now got this frictionless experience that brands deliver to their customers doesn't mean 
in those experiences you can't deliver moments that actually really deliver a brand experience that's above and beyond everyone else. A brand or a piece of communication can actually make you feel different or it can surprise and delight you or it can actually help you do something in your life and I think they're the special moments versus just making it so easy that it becomes vanilla. And it's about thinking of brands like people you know how do I create an emotional connection with another person I get to know them I experience them I help them I guide them I'm there for them when they need them you know that's where those relationships become strong mm. my third thing was really about being curious about the world and getting out beyond your desk or beyond your industry and actually starting to see what everyone else is doing because actually how can you bring in new ideas or new perspectives if you're actually constantly in your filter bubble so I really encourage everyone to really get out of the industry and you know don't go to the same marketing events that you always go to maybe go and go to and hang out with some different people that aren't that don't run in your crowd you'll be really amazed what you learn or what what can actually spark something in you and actually bringing outside ideas back into your organization and uh, you know running your own business and having that balance it is challenging what, you know what sort of advice would you give to somebody it's about you know, as you say, obviously you need to make the profit, but you know, if you're trying to deliver creativity, how do you balance the two? I think it's about having the right people in the room and it's having the right people around you, which is really important. So having people around you that become your muse as well as you becoming their muse, and it's a really two-way thing. So I think that's really important. I think people who actually value creativity as much as they value the numbers is really important and you've got to have both and people are very different. Oh, I love that. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me, Jodie. I really appreciate you've shared so many valuable tips. But in conclusion, is there one way that you can summarize Jodie's be the drop tip? So that's your top tip for communication that motivates and inspires others. Yeah, well, given it's on the T-shirt, I have to say don't be blah, blah, blah really step outside of your comfort zone and the way that you look at the world and your language and really assess that in terms of the audience that you're talking to really intimately get to know them and go and hang out where they hang out because actually they don't talk like we do (laughs) thank you so much thanks for joining me for another episode of be the drop Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that.